Hey, happy March. You've heard of March Madness. How about a March mattress? The weather's turning. Your bed is yearning. Check out Mattress Firm. They're open all month, except at nighttime because they're big on sleep. But their website never closes at all. Head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how you can improve your sleep. This is Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos Firm. There's this crazy thing happening online right now that could make you question whether what you're hearing, whether what you're seeing is real. It could affect who you trust. It could affect elections. But right now, it's mostly affecting porn. It kind of goes back to this long-standing rule of the internet. If it exists, there's porn of it. Now we know that even if it doesn't exist, there's porn of it. This is Asia Romano. I am an internet culture reporter for Vox. Asia's been writing about algorithms lately. The ability to build your own predictive algorithm has been there for years. Predictive algorithms take some stuff, and with that stuff, they can imagine totally new stuff. Recently, people have been using these predictive algorithms to make fake videos of real people. It's basically learning what your face looks like and then predicting what your face would look like mapped onto another image that is doing something else. Like if I were to show the computer, the neural network, enough photos of your face, it would learn what you look like based on all of the photos that I give it and then predict what your face would look like doing something else that I feed it. So if I give it a video of, I don't know, someone chopping wood, it would then be able to say, this is what he would look like chopping wood. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, because why would anyone want to watch a fake video of a podcast host chopping wood? But because there are a lot of pervy dudes on the internet, take one guess what they've used these algorithms for. Porn? Porn. Porn? Yeah, porn. So then... On September 30th of last year, a Reddit user named or using the handle Deepfakes posted two celeb fakes. And he basically posted this algorithmically generated image of Maisie Williams' face spliced onto the body of a porn star. Maisie Williams, for those who don't know, is an actress from Game of Thrones. A girl is Arya Stark of Winterfell. And I'm going home. This was a computer neural network, essentially learning what Maisie Williams' face looks like and then using what it learned, quote unquote, to predict what her face would look like mapped onto the features of a real porn star. Enter Deepfakes. That's the name of a Reddit user, but also the name of a new genre of porn with famous faces realistically mapped onto the bodies of porn stars. So the thing about Reddit, if you're not familiar with Reddit, is that a, a lot of dudes are on Reddit. Yep. And B, it has a history of serving as a distribution center for a lot of this stuff that's really dicey. Like in 2014, it was essentially the main distribution center for uh, the famous Jennifer Lawrence leak of nudes. Which were real. Yes, which were real, which were basically actual leaks of actual nudes, not just of her, but a lo- of a lot of, of famous women. Reddit eventually stepped in and shut down all these distribution centers. No more stolen photos of naked celebrities. But late last year, Deepfakes, this anonymous Reddit user, came up with something Reddit hadn't banned yet. And it was original work in a totally creepy way. 
what he did was he went ahead and started his own sub forum on Reddit called also called Deep Fakes. Mm, named after himself. Basically named after himself. Yes. So then there was a whole like sub forum devoted to this and you had tons of people trying to do this on their own. Um, and eventually he released the code. And when he released the code, he basically gave everyone the magic tools to do this themselves without having to fumble and do their own guesswork because he'd already done the guesswork. Huh. Interestingly, when he made the post with releasing the code, the the image that he used as an example was Nick Cage's face being mapped onto Donald Trump's face. Interesting. Yes. And like showed them meeting in the middle, essentially. In this terrible, like, Trump-Cage hybrid. And Nick Cage because he was the star of Face Off? You want to take his face? Yes. His face. Or (laughs) Nick Cage because... I think just because he's a perpetual internet meme. Because the internet loves Nick Cage. Yes, exactly. Got it. So between October and January, when Vice noticed it, you had all of these people doing these incredibly, increasingly creepy things with, again, all women... All celebrities, all of it without consent. That should go without saying. So what is the legality here? Is there an existing law that applies to this where this manipulation is obviously illegal? Or is this something new altogether because it's being made by computers and not even people? Well, it's new to us, but it's not necessarily new to the courts because, again, algorithms have been around for a while. Questions about the legality of using algorithms to to remix existing samples and so forth have been around for a while. Okay. In America, under US copyright law, you can pretty much remix anything as long as it's quote unquote transformative and as long as it's not essentially um, infringing on directly on the profit of the original source material. When I told you about the Nick Cage and Donald Trump thing, yeah. that would be considered a remix because it's like they are both celebrities, they're both public figures, and this could be parody. Under U.S. copyright. Okay. But when you factor in the porn, what's happening is that you have a situation where, A, someone's consent is being violated. Okay. Two people's consent are being violated. Uh, But also, the porn market directly is being infringed upon. Because this is essentially not transforming the original work. It's meant to replace the original work. You're saying this is like still porn and it's like a real violation of the porn in a way. Right, exactly. Like, you didn't change enough substantially to make it a new thing. It's sort of incomprehensibly not legally a violation of the celebrity, but it is a violation of the porn you stole to make the deep fake. Right, exactly. Because it's really not her image that is getting violated. Because what you're doing is you're actually taking thousands or hundreds of images of her and putting them all together to teach this computer. So when the computer actually generates her face it's generating something new but it's generating something new onto an existing source and it's that source that's getting replaced this sounds a lot like remixes like like i don't know taking mia's paper planes and chopping it up and making it sound new again But even beyond the infringement is the ethical quandary, which is that this is totally non-consensual and awful. Reddit has finally stepped in and said, okay, we're going to ban deepfakes, the subreddit. Yep. The user is still there. He can do whatever he wants. They basically updated their content policy um, to put these videos and these photos under the category of involuntary porn. I think it's a category that's kind of unique to Reddit, but it covers a couple of facets, including revenge porn. And including the the leak of the the nudes and so forth. I mean, it's safe to assume that 
any celebrity would feel deeply violated by this. Right. And I think the the use of the phrase involuntary is really crucial here because it covers a range of sins that all have to do with people taking your image out of your own hands, whether it was originally created by you or not. I want to play you just another piece of music right now. This song's called Total Entertainment Forever, and it's by Father John Misty. Betting Taylor Swift Every night inside the Oculus Rift After Mr. and the Mrs. Finished dinner and the dishes All right, so he said, Betting Taylor Swift every night inside the Oculus Rift. Father John Misty making... Uh, maybe a provocative point about where our entertainment culture is going. Right. About having sex with celebrities in virtual reality, which I guess is maybe like the next place this kind of thing is going to take us. Most people think it's dumb. Then this was shocking for a second until it's not. And then the next shocking thing might be having sex with a celebrity in virtual reality until we get used to that. Is there some sort of... Is there is there a line? Or do we always just get used to the next technological development of perversion and violation of women's bodies and images well if we keep saying the line is here and then crossing the line and this of course gets into all kinds of political ramifications and so forth and then saying oh we're used to this now let's get used to the next thing um really we sort of leave ourselves open to the possibility that the only thing that can really provide some sort of moral absolute is the technology itself when you have the ability to change someone's face and make it look as though someone is doing and saying something that they're not, you open yourself up to all kinds of new waves of fake news and fake the spread of fake information. Coming up, harnessing the exact same technology to make the president say whatever you want. This is Today Explained. Expert mattress firm. All different kinds of mattress. Waiting there for you. That was a mattress haiku about how mattress firm wants to help you. The experts at mattress firm got you covered with mattresses, obviously, but maybe less obviously. They've got you covered with headboards, adjustable bases, sheets, and bedroom decor. Get to know your local mattress firm. Here's a conversation starter. They consider themselves America's neighborhood mattress store. Mattress Firm can help you stretch your budget a little further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see their latest deals. Mattress Firm offers a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be improved. This is Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos firm. North Korea is a rogue nation which has become a great threat and embarrassment to China, which is trying to help but with little success. The president never said that. It sounds like him. He tweeted it, but it's not his voice. It's a recording generated by an algorithm. Here's another one. North Korea has conducted a major nuclear test. 
their words and actions continue to be very hostile and dangerous to the United States. Now, as a radio person, I can sort of tell it's fake, but I'm not sure if my uncle who always forwards me garbage news from trashy sites could. And what if the technology got a little better? Could I even still tell the difference? It's sort of scary. Uh, so my name is Peter Eckersley. I'm the chief computer scientist at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Peter says yes, scary, but also maybe not. This is a technology that could be either um, good or bad, depending on how it's used. Peter and his computer science network just came out with a report this week on the use of malicious artificial intelligence, like deep fakes. His deep take? We need the researchers who are making these things um, to do a better job of thinking carefully about how to how to put their thumbs on the scale as they design things to ensure the beneficial uh, applications outweigh the, the problems. So how do they do that? This guy who made the deep fakes, he just said, hey, look what I made up. And then he just shared the algorithm and now people are still making them everywhere. So what could he have done differently? And what would you have other creators and and coders and, and researchers do? Well, I think one thing he thought he was doing is warning everyone that this technology was out there. And uh, in, in a Whoops. case, <laughs> well, in a case like that, that actually may, that, that may not be totally crazy because uh, of course there are some people who are gonna do this and, and tell everyone, which is, you know, promotes a little bit of chaos, but at least we get to have this conversation. Yeah. There are other people who might get a hold of this technology and then immediately wait to use it in a, to intervene, intervene in a political campaign with no warning. Um, and, and then we'd be having the conversation in retrospect, uh, which is a much worse place to be. Like the Russians, right? The Russians could do exactly. that. Uh, so I think telling people isn't necessarily uh, a bad action. As a researcher, you should always think carefully before you do that. And, and we're calling for a, a culture of people doing that a little more. Um, I think I think the other thing that's important is if you're releasing something like this, you know, it's better to release something that where you can tell it's a fake. And I think with these initial examples, at least, when you listen to that audio, you watch that video, uh, you can tell it's not quite the real thing. Yeah. But I mean, you and I can, but not everyone can, right? That's right. And one thing we're, we're learning about the current US media landscape is that having experts be able to tell the difference isn't working all of the time for us to be able to tell the difference between truth and fabrication. And I think that's a deeper political problem that people on both sides of American politics need to find ways to fix. How do we have productive conversations where we might not agree on what needs to be done, but we at least have some path to agreeing on, on some facts and some evidence uh, from both sides of the aisle. What can outlets like Facebook and Twitter and Google and Reddit and Instagram do to ensure that fake videos and fake audio, especially potentially politically damaging stuff, doesn't spread as fast or at all? Well, a few ideas. I mean, the, 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 the task that those companies are going to gonna have is going to be complicated. You know, and the first and mo most important thing is that they avoid censorship. Uh, in response to these instinct, uh, these problems, because I think a lot of people have the instinct to say, "Oh, we need to take uh, all the fake stuff down, uh, censor it." And the problem there is, of course, it's very sometimes hard to tell uh, when things are fake, uh, and you can wind up doing more harm than good in some cases if you you dive in there with censorship. So instead, what I I think would be really constructive is new user interfaces for people using those platforms, where you have a bunch of sliders that say, "Look, um, how much are we going to?" 
weight the credibility of, of checking that's gone into a news story when pieces are essentially opinion pieces can we review them to see how you know manipulative essentially they are in their style and then just instead of trying to censor things based on that, just give users an option. How much of, of different types of content do they want to see? There's a slider for those things. There can be some defaults, but we really want everyone to take ownership. In the same way that maybe you want to choose how many of your friend's baby photos you see, or how much news you want to see at all, uh, you'd have some opportunity to get your own perspective double-checked and, and the other side's perspective double-checked. And I think that's the, the big, hard uh, design problem that the technology companies face here. That sounds pretty reasonable, but I feel like so far so bad with Facebook fixing this stuff themselves. Is there a way predictive algorithms could be used to help the cause? I don't know, like AI fact-checking or AI policing of fake audio and video? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people have that fantasy, and it's, it, it, it's you know a, vi a long-term vision that you could imagine AI uh, being able to do this predictively. Um, the reality at the moment is that AI reads at about second grade level. So it's pretty hard to get uh, current machine learning algorithms to uh, to do really critical reading of, of subtle propaganda. Um, so okay. it, it can help a little bit if used cleverly, but there isn't going to be any shortcut around having to have huge numbers of humans with essentially journalists training. Um, to double-check sources, check facts. Um, and a lot of this is going to have to be continuous. You know, It could be done using new technology in very creative ways. We could have APIs for fact-checking, uh, scalable databases where, where people can uh, look at things initially and give them a quick read and then keep updating as more information comes in about stories. I think trying to build that technology would actually be very good for us as a society and a civilization in an era where we're, we're struggling to tell um, truth from fabrication, uh, we need new types of institutions to do a better job of that task for us, transparently, without censorship. But that's what they were saying over at Skynet, too, and it did not work out for them, Peter. <laughs> um, fortunately, I don't think we're, we're going to exactly be living in a Skynet world. The, the future is going to be far stranger. Um, both more beautiful and potentially more dangerous than, than we expect. But if we, if we um, plan in advance, uh, think carefully about what we're building, I think we can actually make a, a more awesome and excellent future with AI. Peter Eckersley is the chief computer scientist for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. I'm Sean Ramosverum. This is Today Explained. Folks, let me be clear, this is Barack Obama. Follow Today Explained on Twitter at Today underscore Explained. You know what? I just went to mattressfirm.com and saw that they're having a big price drop right now, which, I mean, as a consumer, is exactly what you want to hear from America's neighborhood mattress store, right? Don't sleep on a good deal, friends. You can go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast right now to learn how you can improve your sleep. 